0: It's like we never went away, Johnny. <laughs> Is that what you think? Let's talk about that. We're we m- back, guys.
1: We missed a week. We did. We, we, we didn't even put out like the <laughs> throwback to no. try to fool people and be like, oh, I've heard this.
0: No, we did not. We had an interesting, it was an interesting week, so I don't know if you guys heard, but there's been a little bit of weather.
1: But everybody has weather. That's the thing, too. It's like, I know we're going to tell our weather stories, but... Do you really think people want to hear our weather stories?
0: I think mine's pretty interesting. There I was. There was ice. Yeah. Well, if you make if you say it like that, it makes it, make right, it make me sound like an idiot. So,
1: well, here's the thing: we probably have some northern listeners. Yeah, and they're already rolling their eyes because they're like, "Here we go. These Tennessee boys are going to tell about the time that they couldn't get their cars down the road and a little bit of ice." Okay. See, you. That's what I'm saying. That's like I don't agree with that. I'm just saying that's what's
0: happening. You kind of sound like you agree with it.
1: I don't because we don't have the trucks and the brine and the treatments. I do
0: have the truck. That's the thing. No, no, no.
1: I'm saying like when we get snow, what I'm defending the, the position that this idea that people drive better on ice in Massachusetts. Well, they plow it the next day. Right. You're good. Pretty you keep much.
0: chains in your trunk and stuff.
1: Right. You know what I'm saying? No, it's not just that. It's not just your preparedness. It's the city's preparedness versus Tennessee's preparedness for snow. How many times could you say preparedness? Our preparedness is perplexing.
0: <laughs> Perpetual preparedness is what they. Yeah. Listen, guys, I don't if the if my if our northern my northern like nobody can
1: drive on ice. It's ice. You know. know what I'm saying? You can you can move across it, but it's it's not ideal. You're, like there's pileups everywhere when there's ice. Even if you see a northern state,
0: they have wrecks too. People get people get into jams. Do you think that there are people in the north? Yeah. We've said this before. There are northern. I red- do think there are people in the north, John. I would like <laughs> yeah, to. go on Thanks for a- listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we solved been, it. This has been geography with John and Johnny. No, listen. Do you think that there are more rednecks in the north than there are in the south? I
1: think rednecks are everywhere, and they're so. It's just you know Jeff Foxworthy used to say that he would say being a redneck is just what did he say? It's a it's an obliviousness to sophistication, <laughs> and. and I think so. Every you know, like I've been in North Dakota, South Dakota. It's just, yeah. it's pickups and tobacco spit, and it's you know there's a lot of that. Not I'm just not trying to generalize them either, but I'm saying like it surprises me when I go everywhere that I see the same people that you think are only in Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, and whatever. I think
0: when we go north, they're very disappointed that we're not more rednecky.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have my level of well. I've had people say to me they expected my accent to be a lot thicker when they heard that I was from Tennessee. Now I vary it. I probably vary the intensity of my accent Mm -hmm. in my show Mm -hmm. because it makes me a little more likable, maybe or whatever. There's a it's almost like a character. No, I
0: get you. I'm I'm amplifying
1: myself. Mm. Uh, But I'm definitely I have a southern accent, but it's it's probably since I speak for a living, it's probably some of that's been weeded out to some degree. So yeah, people are disappointed
0: that I'm not just like, hey y'all, y'all want to go out for Italian, you know. (laughs) My grandfather said Italian. Oh,
1: Italian's the best. He, did.
0: he said Italian. By the way, I said the word ambulance the other day,
1: <laughs> which I
0: have stricken from my vernacular. You put the accent on the am. Yeah. We were sitting in bed talking and I heard, I was like, yeah, remember that. Okay, I to tell you what it was, is I was complaining about <laughs> something and earlier that evening I'd been driving back, it was really late from volleyball practice and there was a pediatric ambulance that came by headed Hmm. like out east so something was not good from vanderbilt heading like past mount juliet which is bad that means like vanderbilt if you if you need to get your kid to vanderbilt and the ambulance is going that way emergency traffic something's really really wrong you know what i'm saying to get back so i was like having this moment like you know what it could be worse you know uh we i need to be grateful because my gosh, you know, we're not riding in a pediatric ambulance. <laughs> accent on me, the lance,
1: yeah. <laughs> she looks at me, like, what?
0: And I knew as soon as I said it. I tried to go on past it. Because <laughs> that's one of the first things we said in Nashville is ambulance. Andrew says it.
1: Sometimes there's words that come along that have been around forever, but when they become in the vernacular of Americans, we realize that there's different ways that we pronounce them. The, the one that I remember the most was during the Anita Hill hearings, the yeah. Clarence Thomas when sexual harassment became a thing. Like, we did, we knew sexual harassment was a thing, but it became a thing. And I would watch these trials, and these guys would say, harassment.
0: Yeah, harassment.
1: And I'd be like, huh? what? What is harassment? Yeah. Sounds like a dude named Harris. But then there'd be, it's, a, it's harassment, it's a harassment, and then some senators would just hand off and just pronounce it, you know, you could tell, tell what part of the country <laughs> they were from. So some, maybe if you could, you don't want to get in a harassment by an ambulance, it would be a bad scene. Well,
0: you know, my wife's company is like, partly located in the United States and partly in Canada, yeah. and so people on her call all the time will hear them say process. Oh, yeah. And I, I could have swore I heard my wife say process the other day on a call. And oh, I, I do that. Because she's, and she's, now they love, Laura's very good at what she does, and then right. also, she's also has such a Southern oh, sure. way about her. There's mm-hmm. such like, they, I'll hear people on the calls because they're in speakers and I'll be like... Can we just talk? Because you got to think they're on calls all day long yeah. and speaking with my wife is a delight because she's kind and, well, how are the kids? Well, tell me? And she remembers everybody. She knows your your cousin's dog, what happened to them if you told her six months ago. So all this like, it's not just southern charm, but she is charming, and then you add the southern part to it. Yeah. It's like they really like it. So to hear the southern bell say process, I don't, I don't know what to do with it. I almost called an ambulance. Oh. Hey. hey, hey. <laughs> call that a callback, kids. Then
1: she got off the phone, and there was some harassment. <laughs> hey Am I right? Anyway, in the workplace. But, so, no, so you're right, but it's it's like uh, we love the English accents are always charming. You yeah. could say anything in an English accent. It's immediately charming. I think Southern accent... Call an ambulance. Some people like it because it sounds very uh, demure. It sounds like there's a... You know, it's 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 a little slower. There's a, But then some people assume that obviously there's the whole... You know, the trope about Southerners being stupid. So if you say something in Southern accent, oh, here we go. You right. this guy. Which I have some of the jokes in my show about that, about how we get disrespected or whatever. But yeah, there is an interesting thing. But yeah, what I do... We were talking about with Laura... I have a hard time not, if I'm around a group that is talking a certain way, I have a hard time not picking up their, whatever their rhythm and cadence is. I think that has something to do with like wanting to be accepted by them. Maybe, maybe like there's an internal, I don't know. Maybe it's positive.
0: Maybe it's like, it's like
1: mirroring is a psychological thing that you do to make people feel comfortable anyway. Like if you're trying to make somebody feel comfortable that you're counseling with and they sit a certain way and they cross their legs, you should cross your legs. Have you ever heard that before? Uh, well, I've always like heard not arms, to you have your, a, You don't not, want to do like legi- like where they know they're being manipulated, but like you do it to... It's like a little signal you send. Yeah. Some people do
0: it without knowing it. I've always just been told in counseling circles just to make yourself not demonstrative or intimidating in the way you're sitting. Like make sure your chair right. is lower. Make sure like you, know, okay. you don't want to stand or or position yourself. You don't want to put your hands behind your head. Like these are all like things that... Like arm, you...
1: Yeah, like arm folding is always bad because yeah. it says like, uh, it's almost like you're trying to protect yourself.
0: Right. Or Impre- like you're like, yeah, me. I'm
1: buying this. Like you may as well be chewing gum. Yeah, I'm buying this. What yeah. happened then? <laughs> 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 Tell me about your kids yet? again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's your time. Yeah. But I do that in, when I do stand up, um, I leave the mic in the stand now. And a lot of that's just about my comfort level. And I was, I found myself... Like holding it in the one hand, and I don't move anyway on stage a lot. And the mic would slowly like drop. So the sound guys in the back, like just pumping up the level, to, and then whoop starts feeding back. So then I saw a couple of the old specials of like Seinfeld, Norm MacDonald, so a couple of those comics, and a few other comics today that said leave the mic in the stand. I was like, well, this solves that problem. I'm just going to leave it in the stand. Yeah. So now I do that, but a lot of people don't like that because it almost sends, some people think it sends a message to the audience. It's like it's an there's an obstruction in the way. The mic stand is in the way. Mm. So it's almost like you're being guarded in a way. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's it's hard to know. Like you could say, well, I got big laughs, but then you could, but how much bigger would your laughs be if you moved around a lot and you had the mic out of the stand and you carry, like, I don't know the answer to that because I just feel like a cheese ball when I like prowl the stage like a panther. Like you see these comics, they're just running around, they're walking around and like aiming their jokes at certain, then they go, I'm going to tell a joke over the left side now. And I know that's what you should do, but I just can't do it. I can't bring, I never learned, To do it, and now to do it would just be a weird – it would feel like I'm pretending. I don't know. Fix me, John. Fix me.
0: I got my hands behind my head right now. (laughs) He
1: does. He's chewing gum already.
0: (laughs) Oh, I don't know. John, well, you know me. I know a lot about making people laugh from the stage. No, but I'm saying
1: like there's a thing that you – there's a way to just remove any barriers. Give yourself the best chance to be heard and be accepted. Yeah. Yeah which we all want on I mean, some level, but as a speaker, it's very important to be like, okay, I'm on your level. I'm doing this. And so, yeah, you want to, if I was teaching a stand up class and I saw a clip of me,
0: I would say, well, this is what you're doing wrong. You know, I just don't know if there's a right in a wrong. I think yeah. that's right. To me, to me, your jokes are the focus. That's what you want to believe. And yes. You, and you deliver them yeah. well. Okay. So like, I don't, Say more things like that. It's not that I don't. I mean, perhaps it would make. And I have seen you move across the stage uh, before. I know you haven't, John. I don't I've, move. Se- I've seen you point go, an audience member and go. Oh no, I do that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'll,
1: I'll aim. I'll go. I'll I'll pivot. It's like an oscillating fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like a typewriter. It's like set up, set up, set up. I'm moving. Set up, punch set up, punchline. and I will reset and I go all the way to the beginning.
0: <laughs> Kids, a typewriter is this thing that we used to use. You used to be one in here until uh, Caleb borrowed it. I think he was ty- oh, he- typing vows for his wedding. So oh, that's ribbon that in it. If you're listening, Caleb, I need that back. Oh, uh, wow. Point. I'm just kidding. <laughs> shout out of some. <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I kind of think it, like you have a, a cerebral delivery. You know, Yeah, so- and timing
1: is everything. I don't mean that it's everything. I just mean there's all these things when you have to analyze yourself and go, could this be, go from an eight to a 10 if I sure. did this? Um and I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying I'm willing to like just like uproot everything, but it is worth thinking about. I don't want to not move around on stage because I'm afraid to do it. I want to not move around on stage
0: because it just doesn't suit my delivery.
1: And I don't know which one of those it is. Not
0: moving is not necessarily a foible. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. it's not like something is you may not be doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean you're using a scale of eight to ten and the truth is all of this is subjective. We're making up, things. right? Well, we really you're, don't you're, know.
1: you're just going to ten,
0: Johnny, and you're actually a three, <laughs> so you're already delusional. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, audience. He, he, I think you and I both struggle with, like, and even in my own recovery process, it's so funny. So we we went to a virtual service on Sunday, and on our staff call Friday before I left to go to town, we were talking about it. And in the old days, I've always been very concerned about what it looks like to the people, what we say. Right. How you're being perceived. Right. And we had two issues. We had a weather issue, which could be resolved by Sunday, but, but we're at the church right now on a Sunday evening. because That's got right. back and you got back and the parking lot's covered. We could have... The walk is bad. Right, and the, yeah. You know, could have cleared it and salted it and everything, but we don't want to, you know, yeah. we're already in a weird place and most churches here are at 15% right now until all of this lives, but it is getting a lot better. So um, we had that and we had a possible exposure issue that we wanted to, to to just be safe on, because if we, you know, so so we're talking about. Well, how do we say this and how do we say that? What do we say? And I said, well, you know, I was going through all of these things, and and then because people pleasing's like been a thing for me my whole life, I was like, actually, guys, I just stopped. And go, actually, guys, I don't think I really give a crap because I'm not going to care. Like, I care about the people, yeah, but whether or not I got this press release that we're basically going to make. Just perfect for them to go. Well, I just think maybe they should. Yeah, like, let's massage these. Right, we have to lead and not lead. Like we're going to lead where we're going to go, and other places we're not going to go. And at some point we're going to do it. And you're going to like. It's almost like giving people way too much power to worry about that. Yeah. Instead of just leading them, and if they don't like where you go, I mean that's just part of it. Just, we'll tell me you don't like where we go, but I don't want to like. <laughs> you know, I'd rather have that conversation than yeah. try to make sure we always say things in a way where you never tell me you don't like it. Like, I think that's, that's the difference. So when I think Mm -hmm. about preaching or, and I know preaching and comedy are two very different things, but writing, like, I mean, when I'm writing for an audience, you go, I want to write something that I agree with. Yeah. That's super important. Right. And I want to write in a way that would reach me. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, if I, if I write something in a way I think that wouldn't reach me, then, then I start to feel disingenuous to myself or that I'm not being authentic. Yeah. Yet then sometimes something will come out like, hey, you're not reaching a whole group of people unless you say it like this, or that's that's too too research based, or that's you know, right. whatever. And um or not enough. You know, if you really want to reach people, you're gonna have to go further with that. So But you know what the difference between further and farther, by the way? Uh no. Farther is like a physical distance and further is like a metaphorical one in okay. general is what most people think. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. At any rate. I think they just
1: used, get used interchangeably. Uh,
0: they do, they do. Yeah. So I just I was I've been I've been editing, working through edits from an editor
1: a yeah. lot, further and farther,
0: and uh, that came up. So, huh. but I edited the editor, so I may be wrong. I mean, looked it up again, but I feel like that she used farther wrong. Now she found. A good 5,000 things that yeah. I did wrong. So, so she's, she's got the man, upper hand. there is a critical spirit right in some now. of
1: these editors. I've noticed.
0: <laughs> Just making it better, man. It hurts, though. Just, oh, yeah. So, it didn't hurt. So it hurt really bad at first when I started writing. Well, you want, like, you know there's an editor.
1: You know they're going to find something because it's their job. Right. But there's this weird pipe dream. Like, I do this with jokes, too, where you go, I think this one's done. And then, like, you yeah. want it. Like you have this dream that it's done out of the box. Yes. And uh, that you don't need to do anything. Wouldn't that be great? I
0: wrote this racism book with Reggie. It was supposed to be 70,000 words for Zondervan. Right. I wrote 91.
1: 91 words. That is not a book,
0: John. 91,000 oh, words. Oh, that is a lot. That's hard to say. It was, it to was say. very concise. You wrote a pamphlet. To the point. <laughs> <laughs> and so... When I turned it in, it was like right before Christmas, and I was like, "No, nah, dude, I poured my life into that book. Uh-huh. Like, I poured air. I, Buddy, you're talking more research. I have a stack. You could ask Laura. There's a stack of books that lived in my house. Still there. It's in a box now, because I have to reference them still, of material. Things, I mean, I, I went deeper than I've ever gone in any topic. I mean, I'm into conservative, uh, nationalistic politics. I'm into history. I'm, I'm going through Reconstruction and... The election of 1876. I'm going into I, the terms of white privilege and Christian nationalism and the beginning of the the conservative evangelical movement. I've not heard of any
1: of these things. Have these things been in the news? It's
0: coalescence with uh, Christianity. I mean, like it's so much. And yeah. when I turned it in, I was like, okay. And she came back. She was like, look. I can't get to this anyway for a few weeks. Oh, right. I'm going to need you to trim it. And I was Before like, she
1: would even read it, she was like, oh, I can already tell this is too many words.
0: Well, she said, that's way. That's, and I knew it my was. My head hurts, John. Yeah. Go ahead and she cut She was so kind. Oh, she, okay. She, 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 I haven't looked at it. She's, I'm just telling you, yeah. I can't get to this anyway for a few extra weeks. Why don't you go and try to trim it? Right. So I trimmed it down to 72. And it was more than anything I've ever done in my life in a book. It It was like. It was like bleeding myself out yeah, with tiny like little razor your blades. Arm. It yeah. was like, God, oh, what is going to make it? So the unintended consequence of all that cutting, so I turn it in, she's gone through it, and she's just us back the edits.
1: Yeah.
0: Now it's the real I have to go through. The unintended consequence, I'm going to have to meet with her tomorrow, and if she's listening, I'm so sorry. I'm embarrassed because when I cut everything mm-hmm. and put it all in, I think I cut all the transitional ideas between a lot of things.
1: Oh, so it feels like jump cuts.
0: It feels first. She's like, well, "How did we?" In my mind, well, yeah. I mean, there's probably two, three things in between here that yeah, went, yeah. made it made sense. And so it looks like that. I, I mean, it's I'm, like
1: deleted scenes in a movie. You're like, "Why
0: did they got kill that
1: guy?" Okay. Well, that scene didn't make it into the movie. That's why you would know.
0: Now, I probably gave the reader. More credit than I think a lot of editors do, you know, like I'm thinking, okay, we, you know where, what topic we're on, but a, a good editor will help you know, hey, you can't assume that. You cannot assume that any of the readers are are just tracking with all the stuff inside your head, you know. So so she was really good at that, and I think the book is much better. But I have sp- – now, though, because of all the transitions, I just added about 8,000 words back no, to it. So no, I don't know what we're going to do. Now you got to – she's going to be like, we're well, we to go cut this. Could
1: you, know, you take all the words you've cut and make another book? It's like the B-sides. I've I've kept them. There you go. But no. If you think this was a jumbled, non-transitional mess. We'll release that book under my name and just see what we do. (laughs) See what we got. Yeah. I don't know. But you're right about, like, not—we talked about that last time we did the podcast about not leading with the opposition in mind. Not making your—now, there is a time to think about how this affects your perception, there's a time to go. Is this? Am I being perceived correctly? That's. There's a time for that. But like always, thinking about an imaginary group that has pitchforks and torches, yeah, that is going waiting for you to make a false move. That's not a free way to create any kind of art or any kind of leadership or. And uh, there's a there's a quote that I used to think of all the time, and it was something about, I can't remember who said it, but it was better to write uh, for yourself and have no public than to write for the public and have no sense of yourself. I don't know who said that, but Mic it's a drop. That's a good one, right? It's real good. Cause yeah, if you just, all you do is write for, I bet they'll love this. Like yeah. you lose your only, it's, it's the definition of pandering. I mean, I see that in comedy a lot, you know, uh, I know comics, you know, if you get to know them, you know, their personal, you know, politics, you know, their personal opinions on things. But sometimes they'll be like, I got to go out here and, you know, bang this gong. And they're not even going to really feel that way. They just know that this is the thing to do to get, yeah. you know. I mean, you see it. I mean, I see it so much. I'm like, where are my weed smokers at? You know, automatic huge applause or whatever at a, at a comedy club, you know. It's like, like, you don't even smoke weed, dude. What are you doing? Oh, no, I just, I like to get them all. Okay, man, whatever. But it's like, that's not you. You're not being yourself, really. Yeah. So, I don't know.
0: I, I think the thing we're all afraid of is, is if, if I am myself, yeah, it might
1: not. If they reject me as my real self, what would that look like? That's the devastating thing, yeah. right? So, if you protect yourself from that devastation by not fully being yourself, you feel like you're insulated from that pain, but you're, then you just, you're dying a little bit every time. Yeah. Because like eventually, for me, I would end up with a show that I hated, even if it was killing. Yep. I'd be like, yeah, but it's
0: crap. you know. There is always that. Of course, we're speaking from a very privileged state because we get to do artistic things yeah. as a living. And lots of people don't get to do that. And I understand that. And it may not be that we get to do that forever. Like, we're, hey, we bel- didn't always do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, believe me, this year has taught me that. That it's yeah. like I, I appreciate the opportunities more. We talked about that in the very beginning of the pandemic. Because when work starts to come back, I really do feel like I'll appreciate it more. Like I did when I was just starting. Yeah. And I think I have. There's, like, I'm going, when I leave from recording this, I'll go do a show at Zaney's tonight, which is my home club in Nashville. And, like, there is something about just, like, I'm going to go tell jokes to strangers tonight. Like, it feels like it did in the beginning almost again. Yeah. So, which is good.
0: Well, and you're you're much more well-equipped now and know the road. and. Yeah. I think some ways, you know, people... People like us, I think sometimes we do get in our own head, and the longer we've done it, the more the pressure is to do it better and do it well, and you don't have you have a different kind of pressure when you're first starting out. there's an excitement to it, yeah um, and so again, these are all the whole these are all sound like look I know this if I'd have heard somebody when I was on my fifth rejection from a publisher, you know act like oh, you know it's just so hard after the expectations are because you write so much you know and again i'm just a collaborator so that's not even yeah. a, for the most part i get a few of my own things so i'm still very much a working writer who gets a lot of no's. i got to know this week i mean so i i i get that but being a working writer is a privilege in and of itself that you get to do that so but this i think just this this idea that if you're going to do something worthwhile that you you are proud of you got to be okay with the fact that everybody else might not buy into it.
1: Yeah, Um, for sure. That's the thing of going, um, like if you go viral, like I've had some clips now that have started to get a lot of views, like my dry bar, uh, special, the clips started coming out. mm -hmm. And so that means, well, they have 6 million or so subscribers. So that means 6 million people or so get a Whatever, a notification, new clip, and they'll just, you know, a million of them will go watch it. Well, now a million people have seen the clip. Well, even if only half a percent of those people don't like it, it feels like a very vocal minority when, if they leave a comment, Mm -hmm. you could have a hundred comments in a row and then one comment be like, I don't get this guy, (laughs) you know, and you just go, ugh. But like, that's the price. Like, you can just go, you can be anonymous and just be like, well, to, I've had fourteen thousand views on this other clip, and hey, there wasn't very many comments, but nobody nobody hurt my pride. But if you're going to have a million people see what you do
0: yeah.
1: in a day or two, there's going to be some of them be like, "I don't get it," and then you have to just be okay with that.
0: It's huge, and I'm not
1: okay with it. <laughs> That's why I want to talk to you about them it. to
0: pull my clips. <laughs> uh, I cannot take all of this criticism. No, it, it's true. I remember the first. Ever told you about my first agent? Mm-mm. Um, so I'd written the Reggie book, the first one. We got the Thomas Nelson deal, and a guy named Mark Batterson. You know Mark Batterson, yeah, pastor yeah. in mm-hmm. DC and an author. He's written a bunch of books. Got connected. He came into an event here, and, yes. and we got connected. I may have emailed him actually out of the blue before, and he actually responded. We, he was just so kind to me. And I was like, you know, struggling writer and asking questions. And I used to like his, I still like his books. I'm saying I I was reading a lot more of his books there when he first started writing. And um, he connected me with his agent. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Mark Patterson's agent. Right. Guys in Nashville. You're in. We meet. He signs me. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. you know. And we start talking. And back then, and you're going to laugh. Like the story now in retrospect is so funny back then i was working on this project called no Arrivals. yeah and it just kept i just was just writing everything that came to mind on i wrote for like 2 years on it and it was like three books it was it was 150,000 words actually he said hey here's the deal man i want to see what your what is making your heart like? This is how agents will get you. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I want to be in the John Driver business. Yeah. You tell me when. <laughs> what is like
0: setting your brain on fire right now? You know. Oh wow. It's like man, no right. No one's
1: ever asked my agent. So. I've had three or four agents, and not one of them's ever asked me that. But okay.
0: <laughs> What's moving your heart right now? What's in your heart? It's like Delilah. It's Delilah. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is this thing I've been writing is like, I want you. To bring it all to me, like I want you to just uh, uh-huh. okay, it's gonna give me a few months. So you hosed him
1: with one hundred fifty thousand. Well, it
0: wasn't quite that. I went, thought I have an yeah. agent, I have an inroad, and I'm going to go. And I just went, and for the next like two three months, I finished it. Man, I wrote everything about the whole thing I could. Uh-huh. It was like I don't know how many chapters it was. It was crazy, but I brought it to him thinking I was just, it was a safe place because mm-hmm. I had a because I'm real relational. Like man, so I'm going to the whole point. Like I put myself now into someone else's under their care. Yeah. So I brought it to him. I remember I printed it. And we met at the Panera in Green Hills, in Green Hills Mall. Oh, it's a
1: very fancy Panera.
0: It's very fancy. Yeah, because he lived in Green Hills, you know. So
1: here I am driving into Green... It's interesting when you have, like, areas of the country, uh, and even your own city where, like... It could be a chain restaurant, but it's like the higher-end oh, version yeah. of that. It's, a, its I don't know what that's yeah. about, but it's like, we don't just have a Hardee's, sir,
0: okay? Yeah. <laughs> We've got a Hardee's with a fireplace. <laughs> You're like, okay, whatever. I don't know. We serve crumpets, not biscuits <laughs> at this Hardee's. Uh, it was right next to Cheesecake Factory. Oh. oh wow. Very prestigious. Or prestigious, as some say. Mm-hmm. Here's another one of those words, yeah. And so... um, I remember, like, I'm driving to Green. And It's so crazy because I'm like this. I know this is dumb, and I don't remember th- having some like class moment with it because I'm driving an old beater. But I'm thinking, you know, hey, I'm driving into Green Hills, all right?
1: With to meet with my agent, huge printed manuscript. I got a stack of money. You thought I got a stack of hundreds right here? Well, no, I just I'm thought, this you know, hey, this is
0: great. I always have that, like, you know, your gift to uh-huh. bring you before great people. Right? And all you didn't that think that it idea. would say kindling, right? <laughs> No, I didn't think it was, like, amazing. I just thought, finally, maybe someone will read yeah, it. Yeah, of course. And, and they'll tell me, you know. Yeah. you know. And so I brought this guy my whole soul. Yeah. And I gave him all the caveats. It's like, hey, I'm aware that this is huge, but you asked me to just get it all down. Yeah. I think he said, actually, I think what he said is vomit it all out. It oh. was, like, some sort of way. Much worse than the whole brain on fire, heart thing. Yeah.
1: What's setting your brain on fire and you need to vomit it out? <laughs> This guy's very, he needs to be a writer. This is a very colorful language.
0: I don't know why he was an agency and not writing. At any rate, I brought it to him. He took it. Uh-huh. I think I gave him a disc as well, but I think I, I like, I, I wanted like this. Like the ebook or something? You know what? It's oh, right. it doesn't, it's John, here.
1: this is a radio It's thing. here. This is a podcast. I just realized it's behind me. Oh, boy.
0: Yeah, it's right there in that box. Oh, boy. It's a manuscript box. Anyway. The shelf can barely contain it. And, uh. It's setting the shelf on fire. <laughs> And so I remember like, I don't know, a month later, yeah. I got this email. And it was like, hey, uh, read through some of this. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to paraphrase it because I think it's pretty close to it. <laughs> I don't really get it. Oh, no. Uh, best of luck to you in the future. Oh,
1: best of luck. Yeah,
0: it was like a... Dear John. I'm like, are we... Like, we have a contract. Oh. Nope, we don't have a contract. It's over. we need to
1: see other people. Yeah
0: and it was like someone took a baseball bat to the crotch like it really was like, like a, not
1: you but someone <laughs> just like you're watching it like on America's funniest home videos it was like someone else took a
0: baseball <laughs> bat and hit me in the crotch okay with it. thank you that's yeah. better you, you need to, are you sure you want to be a writer this is what the editor was saying the... like what are you talking about i've been giving you all this credit
1: I've, i'm going that's going to be on next in the forward of your book reading this book was like john <laughs> took a baseball bat and hit someone else in the crotch, and I watched with glee.
0: I just figured you would know I was talking about me. Uh,
1: okay, it's fine. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that is a weird moment though. Like, um, yeah, I signed with a big agency a few years ago, and like for the first year or so, every time my agent would be like, "Hey, let's do lunch," I was like, "He's breaking up with me!" <laughs> like I was like ready for the.
0: Oh, I'm yeah. not making enough money for him. Oh yeah. Well, uh-huh. needless to say, I was not a big fan of agents after that for a while. Yeah. Until I landed the best agent that there is. Mm. Like, he's unbelievable. But my first meeting with him was like, this was for the Tim Hawkins book. Yeah. And you had connected me with Tim. Right. We went to dinner or lunch. I connect people, John. Dude, it was great. Tim and I hit it off. Yeah. I met his brother's his manager. We talked. We had a good book idea. Mm-hmm. We were off to the races. I had it. And then, I think I helped I
1: helped shape that book idea if I remember correctly. We talked about the whole making it a diary and having mm-hmm. like foreboding like thoughts in there that he would that would come to bear later in life. You know it's like too he, late to get points or royalties. I know I just I remember this. this like
0: we. you know. I think I you are absolutely huge to, to give an opportunity and I'm still so grateful. I need to write a book, don't. I? You do. Man, you do. And I know a guy that can help you. Okay. Tim Hawkins. <laughs> 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 and so uh, Anyway, anyway, we went to eat at Ted's Ted's Montana Grill. Montana Grill, uh huh. Had a great time. That's still there.
1: I don't know. He's still making those buffalo burgers, Down bison burgers.
0: West End.
1: Is where that one Bison was. is supposed to be like better for you, but it's a little drier. That's why it's better for you.
0: It's that's the what fat I mean. That's getting you. I know, but it's what makes a burger a burger. Remind me to tell you about my like two weeks of just utter. I know, again, I understand people don't like our dietary journey. I don't every think week. they.
1: I don't think they like it or dislike. It. We don't know. We don't. We get, don't know. What we they don't they get like. feedback. We
0: assume they dislike it all. Maybe they're sitting right now, just like, uh, like oh, on please the edge tell me what you're yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I remember Tim's manager Todd called and said, "Hey, man, listen. Um, we like you." Mm-hmm. It was Again, it was like oh, here we go again. We like you, and we we we're we like to move forward. But there's this agent that's been calling us for like seven years. Uh-huh. Seven years. And I was like, oh, dude, you don't need that agent. I can walk you right into Thomas Nelson. I've already done with Reggie right now. I know the editors. I know the whatever. He was like, well, we feel like we at least owe him. Yeah, He's followed up with us for seven years. We owe him a, a right to have a conversation. I was like, man, you're going to pay 15% for nothing. Like I was I was so against it. And uh, then Todd called back, and they'd met with him in a, for an hour. And his name was Robert Wolgamuth. And Wagemuth sold them in an hour, like because if you ever had an hour. With oh, Walgamuth, sure, was, yeah, he's a heavy like, hitter. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Like he's the. <laughs> and so, I was so like, "What? Oh no!" He's like, "Well, look. He here's the deal, John. I know this hurts a little bit, but he's the court. Qu- I remember Todd said this. He's the quarterback now. Right. So he gets to
1: choose. He gets you to choose, uh, or another more, way more experienced writer. Right.
0: A, a funny writer or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, "Well, okay." And I remember having this like moment. So you got to
1: audition now for a job yeah. you thought was yours.
0: I already had the job. Yeah. You know. And so I remember, like, but I had this like, and those. I'm not afraid to say that I feel like God whispers things to me in, in moments of stress, especially. I had this like, hey, just don't freak out, just hold on and see what happens. So I had this call set up with Robert Olgemuth, mm-hmm. and first thing he said to me was, he said, "So I've been looking at some of your stuff online." And I, you know, I'm really interested in your Mennonite theology. Oh. <laughs> so there's, there's another a, John
1: there's Driver. There's another
0: John Driver who's a Mennonite theologian. I thought he was joking. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> and then turns out, like, I think he had family members in his ancestry that were Mennonites. And, so, like, he didn't off on like, like a bunch of a weirdos and their buggies. I didn't do that. Yeah. But at it's first, called. I laughed. I thought I blew it. But he was the, that was, that was the most important phone yeah. call of my writing career was way, way, I mean, again, Tim Hawkins was an amazing book to get to write, but this was so much more important. I've written 20 other books because of that phone call. And I remember that guy told me, he said, look, Robert said, listen, I'm an author as well, and I know what it's like. I mean, no one, had, I mean, the other guy, like, again, baseball bat, this guy was like, listen, he said, we know that we've been after Tim Hawkins for seven years, and he wouldn't even speak to us about any of this stuff until you came along, so we get it. Right. And we really, really hope you're the guy. now." We're gonna put you on a stage, and you have to be able to do something. We can't. We're not giving you the book right now, but we're cheering for you. Like we want this to happen, and it was yeah. such like a relief kind of thing. And and then the first sample I wrote, which is always, this is Robert's like a mentor of mine now. In he, <laughs> I sent this thing, and he, you freak out when you send that. Sample. Oh, sure, you
1: send, it and you're like he be If it's been 20 minutes, you're like, has he read it now? Why haven't I heard back? And it's often two, three weeks. Have you ever seen the movie Funny Farm? Yeah. Funny Chase? yeah, yeah, yeah. When he writes <laughs> the book and then he makes, he sits his wife down in the cabin and makes her read it while he watches her. <laughs> and when she gets to the certain part, she, he goes, <laughs> hey, yeah. And she goes, what? And he goes, you didn't get to the funny part yet. And she goes, what? In, with the part with the squirrel? No, yeah, I read it. And he's just like, oh, and he starts panicking. And then she ends up having to tell him that she didn't like it. Yeah. And it just like almost destroys their marriage or whatever. Oh, yeah. So that's what you're doing. You're being like, oh, come on, it's not reading. Yeah.
0: He's, he read it. He hates it. He hates me. I, oh, yeah. And I, I was way less healthy than them. now. I still struggle with it, but I was way. And so I remember I got an email. I sent it at like 10 o'clock that night. I got an email at like 5 a.m. the next morning. Mm-hmm. And Robert said, hey, as a writer, I know what it's like. And this is what he said. I'll never forget it to throw a grenade over the wall and to be sitting on the other side waiting to hear an explosion. Yeah. You, you want to hear what impact it's going to have and you don't know. He said so I just want you to know me and my wife are sitting in bed, have my laptop open and we're laughing out loud. We really like it so far. Just oh, wanted you to know. Huge. I'll get I'll get back with you but this looks like it's going to be it's going to work, you know. And he just gave me this mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my gosh." So it was just such a gift. You just never know who you have, but because he again because it was a stupid sample. I wrote a bunch of ridiculous. Like, I went meta. Like, you wouldn't. I, don't, I know you never read the book, but I went so. I did read the book. You, you don't think read I read the book?
1: I don't think you read I the book. read the book, John.
0: What was it called? It's called <laughs> Diary. It's called Diary we'll of start a Jack here Wagon. By, I'm just kidding. Yeah. um Anyway, but that Tim was a, with John Driver. <laughs> I think it was one of those that have my name on the cover, but not the title page. Um, and it was tiny You know, it was, it was it was right next to Bubble Walt. Like, what's our smallest font that
1: we can have on here that they can
0: put your with? The, I just I'm doing a book now. My name will not be on the cover It's the first one. Yeah, okay, but it'll be on the title page. Uh. so how does that work? I don't know. It's very interesting. Do people read the title page? I don't know. And uh. like, do I tell people that? I don't know. I'm really excited about the book. Though they're great people, it's going to be awesome. So with. Like, so, uh, you,
1: but you're writing. You're writing. You've got. You're in, up for a couple of things now that you're like totally okay with being a ghost.
0: Uh, I got rejected on one. Yeah, the one we were talking about. Yeah. Okay, but it was. They said I was a perfect fit. They just wanted someone who wasn't
1: a perfect fit.
0: Doing other. <laughs> <laughs> we need somebody who less perfect. Yeah. Uh, no, it was great actually. They were gonna from the future, but they said. Because I'm doing other projects, they wanted someone who's going to be like totally yeah, dedicated to it for the time. I was yeah. like, focused? What? Yeah. I can do this, probably. No. I don't know. this. I'm shaking now. I'm embarrassed. When I talk to the editor More. I'm shaking. Johnny, it turn, I told Laura, I was like, I'm not sure that I've not been fooling myself this whole time that I actually write books for a living. because mm. This doesn't look like that I do, according to this. So
1: we'll find out. But, well, I can't wait to find out. You've got other skills, John. You'll be fine. I can weed eat. Yes, I still can. It hurts my back a little bit. Maybe like one of those shaved ice trucks. Oh, we could do like a food truck, John. Oh, what kind my of food truck would we have? Like, uh, uh, what, do, what do you think? I, what do you think you cook well that you could make like mass produce? I cook
0: well. Yeah, Or what could I get my wife? Like, to teach you get me? a griddle
1: and a, and a thing. Like, I think I could have like a grilled cheese truck that would just like set the world on fire. Well,
0: the grilled cheesery, cheesery is already like a big. Well, deal I mean, right I could, this
1: could be a different one. This is a different spin on it. What Mine's, would you do? Would you uh, learned bacon? In you, the grilled
0: cheese? They already do that. You need to do something unique. See, okay. this is our problem. What about like a... We're late to food truck culture. We're late to everything. Why are we always so late to
1: everything? I don't know. Oh, my goodness. I think it's interesting that people like food trucks are expensive. Like, oh, yeah, they you are. You go to a yeah. food truck and you like, you get a burger, you get your fries. It's $40. It's $40, and you're like, this is... I'm eating on you, the sidewalk. You're, yeah, you're, you're sitting down on the sidewalk. Well, so you're paying walk. for the experience. You're yeah. like, this I, I, I'm, I'm I got afraid for my on life. My shoe. It, yes, <laughs> it's dumb. Someone just robbed me of my burger. Yeah, but there's bacon in the grilled cheese. Oh, I didn't. What was okay. the one we used
0: to always go to do with Andrew all the time?
1: The Haas burger. Yeah, stuffed s- burger. Stuffed with the cheese in between the patty, so that when you bite into it, ch- molten lava. Yeah, it would burn cheese. It. And you loved it though i
0: don't know you were like man i feel like the cheese on the burger is a good solve it's never hurt so good to burn my mouth on that level of cheese it just feels irresponsible (laughs) and reckless johnny you know you're supposed to let it cool for a second no you were just going right for it yes (laughs) and you feel like they're being irresponsible it's
1: food john you
0: were the reckless one
1: that's why i like a burger more than a steak because like a burger is ready like a steak you got to like okay with that a1 or cut it up you got to cu- got to have someone cut it up for you <laughs> You know what I mean <laughs> Do you cut up your whole steak before you eat it No but it's just the whole thing of like it's a lot of it's a lot of waiting around And you put a1 on it No but it's ridiculous ketchup It's a lot <laughs> I'm the 7 year old It's a lot of no, I don't eat anything on my steak now I just but I get it medium I, I was a big I was a big like medium well well done oh, person most no. of my time Well there's life. no taste I know it's just like the bison. You know? I could have I told to, you I, I had this. to learn. I know, but I would have thought, yeah, but it's raw. I'm going to get E. coli. I would have fought you on the whole health. Do you know how product. many
0: things I try to convince you about related to food that you don't listen to? And how many things have, have I turned out to be right about? The steak is at least one. That's one. What if coffee is next? Would I I, listen, I told Curry I was going to
1: try coffee this year. Okay. I feel like it's my year. It's my coffee year.
0: You need, but you need to. You need someone to, listen, we could blow this the first try. If no, 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 no. If Curry's
1: a good, she's a good guy. Okay. Okay. She, and we got the Keurig it needs.
0: I think you need to go for a Starbucks first.
1: You need like. But if I can't mass produce it at home for less than a ten dollars okay, or whatever okay. the Starbucks Listen, is. Listen,
0: if we were going to, how know, much
1: it, is a Starbucks like a real like a real deal Starbucks? It's like eight bucks, right?
0: No, depends on, on what you get. On. Yeah. If you get, I get a Mer, Americano breve, which means steamed half and half with a single pump of sugar-free cinnamon dolce. <laughs> that's the. It's about. I don't know, three bucks, four bucks. I think I want Starbucks.
1: I think that. I want actual sugar in mine. Okay, Are you gonna have the regular cinnamon
0: dolce? Okay, if you want.
1: <laughs> I used to get the caramel apple spice. Where at uh, Starbucks? When other people would be like, but "That's, we not, go a, get a that's thing. not a coffee.
0: It's a cider drink, I no. guess." Okay, that's uh, sweet. Yeah, ooh dog, that's sweet. Oh yeah. Do people up, do, do northern rednecks say ooh dog? Ooh dog. <laughs> ooh dog. <laughs> ooh doggy. Who dog is sweet. <throat> I say doggy spank a lot. What? Remember Andrew and Terry used to say that. They had some guy in Crossville. Uh-huh. They go, doggy spank. And I say doggy spank. Doggy spank. What's the... Give that's me the Something context. about spanking a dog. I don't know. Like, that's how... Matt
1: Ted. But it, I understand. Well, well, how would you say it? Give me a sentence where you would say doggy spank. It's like spank. an
0: expletive. Like a dog spank. That's a... That's a <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not a I've Look never
0: snowdrift. I've I ne-
1: I've never heard that in a million years.
0: That's no, a thing you say? I don't know. I may not be using it as the 20, true cross villains. I don't know. I probably edit myself in front of you is because it like, of the is it like crippling shame. You, are you? Not like, you it's like something is so it's kind of like <laughs> this, this like people always say that uh, like that, that it. That, like that. dog spank it. Yeah. <laughs> Or like this idea that the pancake is so good, you want to slap your mama, you know okay, that kind sure. of thing. So yeah. you want to spank your dog, you know. It's a, <laughs> it, it's so, it's so good. You want to
1: abuse an animal? Is that what you're saying to me? You were okay with hitting your mother? No, how
0: come that doesn't bother you? Well, my mom's dead, John. This is that. wow, wow. Johnny always says that to me. By the way, <laughs> if I ever complained in my whole life about family stuff, yeah. if I was like, man, I was really like, you know what? I'm so glad. <laughs> my Some, parents aren't around right and it was like what just, a relief wah, 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 I,
1: even, I can't even talk to them if if i even if i wanted to but, but you have you, you go ahead
0: though keep complaining yeah. about all the stuff
1: <laughs>
0: this, this fountain of life
1: that you have to struggle with and deal with so yeah how is your mom she's good she got the vaccine right
0: no yes she has part one part one yeah she's on her way man i heard there were two ladies in florida that got arrested have you heard this? <gasps> the guys that dressed up like old ladies. I thought they were girls who dressed up like old. Oh, ladies. I thought it was two dudes. I thought it was women who dressed up like old women, and they made it through the first one, and they got caught on the second one.
1: It's two women though. I thought it was two de- two guys. Know. Laura read it to me in the car. It seems like a very Florida story, not to generalize, but have you, you heard the whole thing? Where you can type, you type your birthday, and then Florida man and you just look for news on Google, there's always a Florida man robs Wendy's with alligator. Like, there's always a Florida man that did a crazy thing on your birthday. Yeah. It's a great Google fun Where exercise. What are your listeners we have from Florida? I don't know, and I actually really like Florida. I think it gets... The reason Florida is crazy is because everybody goes there to retire. Yeah. So it's a cross-section of all of our lunacy. <laughs> so you can't blame Florida for being Florida because, like... It's a guy from Connecticut who got tired of the winters, and he moved down there when he was seventy-two because yeah. he can have guns. And of course, he's crazy. And he's going to rob a Wendy's with a. Now I don't know one. If
0: my editor would ask, can you help me understand the connection between him wanting to get away from the cold weather mm. and the need for guns? Was there? Some- well, it's
1: just the idea that there's no. Isn't there? There's no income tax in Florida. Is that correct? I don't there's see. a lot of reasons to move to Florida: the mild winters, the income tax, the just you know, the, if you're a more conservative pol- polit- politically. You know, and you're like, ah, oh, this is Connecticut. I'm tired of this. So a lot of people move there. So I'm saying, like, it's a it's a microcosm of the lunacy of America. So you can't just be like, oh, Florida people are weird. No, we're all weird, and we go to Florida like you vacation in Florida.
0: Yeah, all of us weird. And you drive like
1: there. crazy. You drive like a crazy person on the interstate. Yeah. yeah. You shake your fist at the other <clears throat> person that's also coming back from Disney. Yeah. So we're all nuts. Is what I'm saying. And we all go to Florida.
0: Yeah. Eventually, you, you're going to end up in Florida. Yeah. I, I hope to. Like when I th- when I'm sitting on thinking right now uh-huh. about where I want to go, it's generally Florida. Yeah. Like I would take my. Family. It's warm
1: right now in Florida. Dude. Yeah, there's part I mean, not everywhere, but it's warm in
0: parts of Florida. We don't really know that, but it's possible. Yeah, it's warmer it's than closer here. Closer to the equator. Which we never did tell the story. I'm gonna tell it real quick. So last Sunday morning. Yeah. Speaking of weather. Yes. That's that's the yes transition. Oh okay. Yeah. Uh, this is a segue that you would not have to edit out of the book no 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 she'd be like oh nice in fact in one point she did say way to go you started a transition yay oh man in the comment, she's giving
1: you little gold stars and stickers now <laughs> but the transition
0: was bad but she's like you put one and i was like i swear i do write things and usually put transitions i just edited twenty thousand uh, anyway,
1: words. <laughs> so you didn't just write any who and then go on to the next thing <laughs>
0: <laughs> in other news
1: yeah. what uh, else is going on dot dot dot
0: so I was leaving for church I was speaking on Sunday morning I left about 7 my wife was leaving for the second day of a tournament in Franklin with Sadie and we were leaving about the same time mm-hmm. and it had not snowed but they said there might be some ice in the road and Johnny I got into my four wheel drive truck and got all the way into my road and came down a hill and could not stop basically the, the road looks a little bit wet but what, yeah. it, what it was was yeah. freezing fog Right. That it doesn't look foggy. It's like it's coming up off the street. In uh-huh. the moment, there's this bit of... Con- I've never seen anything like it. It was like the street turned into like an air hockey table. Yeah. But it doesn't look like it. So I went off into a ditch. I drove myself. I called Laura. I knew she was right behind me. I was like, do not crest the hill. I mean, i have used the word crest in the <laughs> moment. <laughs> My love, do not crest thy hill. <laughs> My heart to I say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And so, use great haste! Even <laughs> goose honk over here. Yeah. <clears throat> I've never been healthier. So she pulls into a driveway and she's yeah. sliding all over the place. I somehow manage to get back up that hill and yeah. down another hill to get to her. I'm going to put us all in the four wheel drive truck to drive home. I come down that next hill and it's yeah. worse. It's like free. It's like. Getting worse as the moments pass, Johnny. Yeah. And my family sit there, sits there in that driveway and watches me. Yeah. Just power slides like, away <laughs> to them. Apparently they're just watching me come down and I, I do a complete 180 yeah, in the street. Slaloming. Put the back into this other ditch now and just crash right in front of them, basically. Oh, into the no. Ditch. And so now I'm facing uphill the opposite direction. Lars like, just leave the car. And I was like, I'm not leaving the truck. It's my truck, and another car is going to come over the hill any moment and do exactly what I just did. And hit your truck. So in four-wheel drive, I drive in the grass because the street's impassable, Uh unnavigable, some might say. Mm. And I drive up the hill in a ditch to get to another driveway. you're on someone's property. Yes. Okay. Just tearing it up in mud, but I finally get it out of the ditch and into the driveway and park it over off the side of the driveway. And basically, Laura and I are now there with two vehicles and our daughter two miles from our house. Mm. I call Seth because I know he has his snow plows and all that stuff and he's like look dude if the streets are like that even my truck will do the same thing mm-hmm. so no, no one's coming Johnny no one's, no coming, one's to save you. coming you didn't
1: call me I noticed but I just have a little key what out. are you what are, what are you gonna do I would not have been able to help you <laughs> I think so, I was on my way to Branson so I really wouldn't have helped you either yeah, yeah. I was so, on my way to get yeah, stuck there
0: you had gotten out yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so basically, Laura and I, we had some extra, I had some extra stuff left over in my truck and we bundled up and we couldn't even walk on the street. Yeah. By that time, it had gotten so slick. And not everyone in Mount Julie was that way, but that way it was. And we had to call, we canceled church that morning. A couple, only like three of the team made it. A lot of them had to pull over and they were stranded, all kinds right. of stuff, But which didn't look like it though. It just looked like normal. Okay. maybe a little bit of ice on the roads. Nope. The whole road was like a big, again, air hockey table. And we hiked two miles in the ditches back to the house. And uh, that was our big adventure. So Man. yeah, there you go.
1: But you're, you lived to tell the tale and yeah. then you went back and got your truck later.
0: Yeah. Cause it's, it, they salted the road later that day and it was fine. And then of course we had what? Seven inches of snow and ice. Snowmageddon and, and, yeah, for Tennessee. But, um, so they, I feel like that was a different story then freezing fog only
1: the listeners can really tell us whether or not that they and they probably won't they skip ahead here we go
0: southerners tell me your
1: plane story now too they delayed us on the runway for 45 minutes can you talk more about writing books and telling jokes look this is what we have This is kind of what we do this is who we are if you don't like this you really don't like us and we (laughs) take it as a rejection and it's fine rejection it's is it can, be, can it can be helpful it can be helpful it's like be. your editor
0: iron sharpens iron hey i want to say my editor's amazing she really really is like and she's she's so she's done it she's going to make the book so much better you i always tell she, them that like thank you think she listens to the podcast? i don't know but if she does just in case i hope she knows that i appreciate all the work i wonder she how many
1: words in. she would edit out of the podcast a oh, lot she'd be like
0: guys, <laughs> yeah, you said um this would have been so much better if uh <laughs> no she's great she's great um, even though we don't care if you don't like it, we would, we actually would like it a lot more if you did like the podcast.
1: Go like it and find us on talkaboutthatpodcast.com where you can see all the archived episodes. You can go to Patreon if yeah. you want to kick in a few shekels, mm. help us uh, make more content and it helps us, uh, you know, just make more things. Yeah. Johnny's not eaten in a year. I so have been eating. Oh, okay. So I promise you that, but it has been a weird year and a very, uh, it's a, it's a leaner year.
0: Hey, I'm glad you're out working. That's yeah, awesome. I'm
1: working out. Uh, I'm working out and out working, but I'm going to. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do a show tonight, and then I have uh, I have uh, three shows this weekend. Wow! For this the first like weekend in a while that I've had three things in a row. That's great. That's probably it's probably been a year since I've had well, something like that where it's like an actual you can call it a tour. Yeah, and, it's all going to uh, come back, man, John. I want
0: to believe. Hey, listen, we have a little pool going, and I've been saying since last year that April. 2021 mm. will is that be the one
1: that's the day when the, the floodgates open i said by the end, oh like that's herd immunity for by you. By the end of april
0: okay life will begin to look more normal is what i said yeah that's just a very that's very no easy to no. but listen there we've already now vaccinated over begin t- to yeah like you can say begin to now i don't think we've begun to yet i'm getting ready to go do comedy in a room full of people well then i'm i'm even so better said than that's I pretty
1: reckless though i guess maybe
0: yeah but you wear a mask to and fro from the stage. To right? and fro, to and fro, hither and thither. <laughs> Stop not thy comedy. Um. Hold thy carriage, my love. <laughs> Slide thou not. <laughs> Some might call that a slippery slope, Johnny. It is a slippery start slope. Start speaking a British accent to your wife. Yes. My wife, when she does her British accent, which she will only do for me in the privacy of our own house mm-hmm. when no one else is around. Yeah. We we'll watch British shows at night, mm-hmm. and one of us will get up to go get a bag of chips or something. Right now, which we should not be eating, but we're doing it. Oh, right. I'm back there. You it's can't like watch
1: Netflix without food. It's like, it's like I'm impossibly. back. I'm
0: like I'm back in December again. Yeah. And because I hit this big deadline, I've been very stressed, and I just you know what I do when I'm stressed, I eat.
1: So you get up to get the chips,
0: and she'll. Do some British thing, like she'll say something in a British accent, and Johnny.
1: Is it good, though? Is it a terrible accent? I love it. Oh, okay. It's, It's attractive to you. I love it okay
0: it doesn't matter it doesn't it doesn't matter when she does it I laugh because like, yeah. I know it's a big deal for her
1: right to, to it's like she's showing you a side of herself yeah. she's being silly with you
0: and I love it like, yeah, It's a
1: vulnerability I, yes
0: that's the whole point of this whole episode You're Right. Just, you, you know showing who you really and she's so funny so funny so anyway that's what I'm saying Brit- speaking in a British accent I remember the first time I did in college for a play we had to uh-huh. do an English class like remember you were around for that and I, I'm horrible I was horrible still am at it but trying to do it. Is like in front of other people who are good at it because you're really good at it. Like no. you can do Scottish, you can do Irish, you can mm. do Australian, you can do all of them. So I know like certain words in each, but you could speak right now. I don't. Want to you're not going to do it. Though. No, I'm not being vulnerable. Okay, I get Just it. Scared of rejection. But hey, you can be vulnerable and leave us a comment and let us know other topics you'd like for us to discuss. On yes, the
1: podcast. please do, and uh,
0: we'll we'll try to get to it. We've got the time, <laughs> you guys. We do apologize for not having an episode last week, but thank you guys for uh, faithfully listening this week, and we'll see you hopefully next week pending any other major weather issues (laughs) here on Talk About That.